Hello and welcome to Who's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we're talking about Vice today. Yes. Uh, written and directed by Adam McKay, who, well, you probably know him from The Big Short, which was his uh, previous one. That was from 2015. Yes. That was the dramatisation of the modern Wall Street crash, based on the book by Michael someone, I forget his name, um, who was the guy who was behind Moneyball. Mm-hmm. So it had all this kind of investigative but funny, kooky thing going on. And he's kind of turned that same style to the life of Dick Cheney. Yes. The most powerful vice president there's ever been. And and it talks about him kind of seizing power mm. um, under the nose of the American people and doing things to his ends. Um, I wasn't that impressed. I didn't like it. Um, I, I mean... It's weird, right? Because it really what it, what the film is. It's an essay. It's an essay film, but whereas we're used to thinking of essay films, you know, as um, kind of documentaries or films working with found footage or you know, kind of uh, um, yeah, video essays. This is like a dramatized essay film. It's almost like you know the kinds of plays that you get at the National Theatre, which are you know, State of the Nation plays by David Hare or somebody like that, really. That's kind of um, what it feels like with moments that are meant to be like theatrical, show-stopping moments of applause, except they don't work in the same way on film as they do in the theater, you know. Um, So I kind of, I found it, on the one hand, inventive. Uh, I mean, it is kind of, Inventive. It's not as smart as it thinks it is. No. Um, and it's also kind of weird in the sense that, you know, the, the film has, I think, some extraordinary uh, performances. Mm. Uh, so um, I don't like Christian Bale at all, really. Like, he's the opposite of my idea of what a film star is. And then, you know, on, and then he keeps on kind of offering really great performances of very unlikable people uh, which he only partly humanizes. Mm. Yeah, Like, I do think that on the one hand, he's quite marvelous in this, but on the other hand, you never feel you that he gives you an in on who Dick Cheney's meant to be. I think that's um, a problem with... I mean, that's a problem with Cheney, really. And the film... Um, the film starts off by saying this is a true, this is based on a true story, or as true as we can make it, given that Dick Cheney is the most secretive man in the world, but we yes. did our fucking best, it says. So it kind of starts off with this cheeky thing, but it is basically saying like, if you don't think we've really got much of a character here, sorry, but that's just the way it is, which is not, which I really like. No, I mean that's not good enough, really. It's not good enough. Um, um it he he does kind of remind me. I mean, Bale is fantastic in it. For one thing, I think the physical. I mean, it's it's interesting. Obviously, the word that people would use is transformation when it comes to things like this. He, he, it is an identical look to Dick Cheney. Mm. It's incredible. It makes you actually think. It's like his facial posture, the way he holds his face, and it, it makes you think: Is that how much of that is prosthetics? How much of that is acting? How much of that is just natural? Like I think they might have the same mouth. You know, yes. it's it's unbelievable. It's it's you're properly watching Dick Cheney. Yes, and it's, well, I mm, well, 
I, I don't like it. I mean, I was thinking throughout, you know, oh, it's just such a stunt, really. And then, of course, you think, well, you know, stunts with actors is one of the pleasures of film going. You want to see how so-and-so ages or, hmm. you know, how so-and-so youngs up. So kind of, you know, I forgave it, really. But I don't want to make more of it than it, than you know, than it deserves. I mean, my main question really is, you know, why don't you hire an age-appropriate actor who can do something with that part? I mean, you know, kind of, you're constantly aware here of the 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 stunt dimension to the performance. And so, for example, you know, when the film is meant to be set in 53 and 63, I think, oh, they haven't been able to make him young enough, you know, to be like a college student or, right, like you can see the effects work that's gone into his face, so they've mm. shinied up his face, you know, but he's still got a stodgy middle-aged body, really. You know, so so it kind of it draws attention to all of those things in a way that uh, I didn't think enhanced the film at all, really. Oh, I disagree. I thought I thought it, the, the look was the best thing about it. I mean, I mean, it was it was uncanny. I thought the, the 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 likeness and and the voice and the manner in which he speaks and the the kind of the way he takes breaths between lines, very kind of very loudly. I I, I don't know. I. I'm I'm also, I'm obviously more used to the elderly Dick Cheney than any of these younger incarnations. You know, mm. I never saw him when he was in the seventies and whatnot. But um, you know, I'm kind of familiar with him from the last fifteen years, and I I was blown away. At, at well, you're not alone. People are. Yeah. You know, I just uh, I just think it's 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 a stunt. But actually, the whole film is a stunt. So, you know, I kind of, I mustn't let that bother me as much as it does. And kind of, and you're right that, uh, you know, Bale is incredibly good at doing that. Yeah. Um, I just personally don't like it. Fair enough. Well, that's on the kind of mimicry <clears throat> level, right? But, uh, but, it, but we were talking about kind of getting under the surface. And it reminded me of um, The Fifth Estate, which was um, the film about Julian Assange mm. with Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't mm. know if you've seen it. I think I have, yes. I really liked that film, despite, I mean, the, the, it was not a very good film, but there were things about it I really liked. And one of the main things I liked was uh, Cumberbatch's performance. And again, it's doing this, it, it's quite good mimicry. It's it's nothing like as as physically identical as, as Bale is to Cheney, I think. But um, but there's th- th- there are mannerisms and things that he just nails in the voice as well. But there is a similar thing with Assange, which is you don't know who the guy is. He's slippery. That's kind of his whole thing. Mm. And so you come away from the Fifth Estate rather like you do with Vice, going, although this is a film about this guy, I've got no way in. And and you feel like maybe it's natural there'd be no in. That's who they are. But that's also just feels not good enough. It feels not good enough because you expect a biography and certainly a biographical drama to kind of fill you in, <laughs> right? Like, you know, I mean, we've seen Dick Cheney, some of us, most of our lives. So if all that you're going to offer is kind of like an external view, um, you know, that doesn't help you understand the character better, then kind of it's a letdown. And actually, I, you know, the film posits certain things as being, like, remarkable. So actually it has this whole theory that life is like a, a series of teacups kind of balanced on top of each other other with these key moments in your life that kind of shape it, you know. And so the film kind of shows us those key moments. But actually, they don't help explain his character. They they help explain 
some of his actions, mm. you know, uh, and even that I wouldn't agree that it does so fully. Uh, but at least you can see how it does that. But not his character. There are some things that I just didn't understand. So, for example, you know, there's that, a scene in his youth in Texas where he's been, you know, he's been expulsed from Yale and he's now working as a lineman, um, you know, and, and somebody has fallen down and broken his leg and, you know, they're treated very callously, right? Like bring somebody else to work on the, on the job uh, and give this guy five bucks to go home, um, you know, when he's kind of, you know, his leg is completely destroyed. Um, and you're meant to think that that somehow marks Cheney, but actually you don't see how, mm. you know? So it's like, it's a big empty space of, you know, the significant moment whose significance is kind of indecipherable. It, it, it's a signifier of like the kind of thing that a film like this shows you. Yes. You know, this kind of film will show you an event like that, but actually it has no further meaning to it. It just looks like that kind of moment. Mm. You know, it's it, it's pretty blank. And and I guess at the start you kind of forgive it because you think, well, it's leading to something. The fact that it then leads to not very much is the issue. Mm. And like, and I think the film is has has kind of energy, but it has energy in fits and spurts. And I think a lot of it really lulls, particularly before he becomes vice president. Mm. It has it has really energetic moments, um, but it, it has a lot of lulls. But then once he becomes vice president, and like you have that meeting in his office where it's it's him and um, Scooter Libby and Rumsfeld and someone else. And it's basically the four of them saying, this is how we're going to set up inside the White House. It's like mm. a, like, like they're, they're, they're like um, like an insurgent, mm. you know, inside the White House, subverting their own president. Yes. Saying, we're going to intercept all these emails. We're going to get everything before the president does. We're going to do this, that, and the other. We are going to be in charge. Yeah, we're going to run the country. That's kind of amazing, that scene, I think. Yes. And, and the, the feeling around it of, holy shit, this is super serious. Like, like I guess what I always kind of thought about Cheney was, um, you know, he's, he's, he's in league with everyone. I mean, mm. I guess, the kind of, you know, this is one view of him. Um, you know, my, my, it was always kind of, he's the vice president, he's working with everyone, but he, he was always known to have this kind of huge amount of power and authority. And like the thing was with George W. Bush is he's his dad's mate. Mm. So there was always this implication of George W. Bush is just doing what Cheney says anyway. Mm. Cheney's really the one in charge. Mm. Um, but what the film puts forward is something much more insidious. Of like he was doing shit without even, you know. Yes. So, the so there's like the secret cell inside the U.S. government right. that actually subverting uh, established law under this theoretical interpretation of the president's powers. What do they call it? The it's n- the unitary executive theory. That's right. You know, unitary. which is kind of, you know, a theory with no basis that somebody's just drummed up. And it's just an excuse uh, to have all the power go through the president and and thus through Cheney because you know, of the particular agreement of power that he set up with Dick Bush, yeah, that he'd have control George Bush. with George Bush, yeah. uh, where he'd have control over the military and foreign affairs. And yeah, in a know. very funny scene where when he, he accepts the post of vice president mm. and he says, okay, but what I want is, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do it like this. What he does is he says, I'm doing you a favor, right? I'll take all the tough jobs and all the menial stuff mm. like uh, housing and labor and foreign affairs yes. and, like, and just lists everything you know he says I'll do all of this and you just be president yes. and George Bush goes that sounds great it's a very funny <laughs> scene <laughs> very it funny is a scene. very funny scene um, and you know I'm oh. sure there's an awful lot of truth I mean the thing was was when he when he became vice president it was this thing of I'll, I'll, 
I'll leave the committee to find you a vice president. Oh, it turns out I'm the best man for the job, you know, which is which is what the film kind of shows. Although the film shows it in a again in a way that says he still had to be talked into it. Mm. But you know, you, you don't know the truth of kind of all these things. It, um, no, you don't. But but I think my interest and concern is why use the medium of a movie to actually kind of write an essay or you know to 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 make a critical commentary. It's a state of the nation film, really, in a way, mm. right? That's kind of what it leads to, uh, and it is very much kind of an essay form. So if you're looking, if you're looking at it through, through drama, through you know, kind of what story is it telling, and you know, how do the characters and so on kind of fit into it? It's ve- it's very much at a one remove, right? It's a different style to that. It's kind of the film is doing something else, you know. And my question then is. You know why do it in this form? Maybe there's a good reason that I, you know I'm not getting. To me, it feels kind of superficial and light, and you know, and there are moments where the film gets completely energized. So you know, I felt the first time when Amy Adams came in, boom, like the fu- the film took off on mm. a completely different level. You know, uh, and also when Sam Rockwell kind of comes in, you know, Bush. Uh, yeah, it kind of you know, and it's a delight to see them, and you think, why aren't they being deployed? to actually kind of show us character and dramatize story, you know, rather than this car- these cartoony kind of things to kind of be part of a satirical point. Well, if you compare it to The Big Short, right, that's, uh, and, and uh, I looked it up, uh, The Big Short, the book was written by Michael Lewis. Mm. That's the guy. Um, so the thing is, Adam McKay started off on, like, Saturday Night Live, mm. and he worked with Will Ferrell an awful lot, and he made the Anchorman films. And Will Ferrell was one of the producers in this film. Yeah. And he made Talladega Nights and things. So he was he was in that kind of Judd Apatow stable mm. a little bit. Um, and then The Big Short was the film where he said, it's something different now. We're doing um, we're doing a dramatic thing. It's going to be and something really kind of important. So that was a story about uh, the 2008 market crash. And um, I think what both of these films are trying to do is that they have a kind of educational aspect to them where one of the things that was so good about The Big Short was... It would say, you don't, you have no idea what a collateralized debt obligation is. Let's just let me stop, explain it. To stop you. the film here. We'll get a film star, or we'll get Anthony Bourdain, or we'll get Margot Robbie, and that was great. And, and we'll we'll explain things. This film does similar things. Does it a little bit? Not as much. It does it with, for instance, with the unitary executive. Mm. Um, and I, th- I I think from my personal perspective, I knew more about. American politics and, and Dick Cheney and all that kind of... And basically this story than I did about the details of the financial crash. Right. Which meant that I found all that stuff more interesting in the big short. Less so in this. But I talked to my brother. Um, or he, he talked to me because he saw the film a few weeks ago. So I, he didn't say that much to me. But, um, but he said that he liked this more than the big short. And I wonder whether that difference in knowledge is part of it because you learn more from this if you don't know as much. Well, that's kind well, of tautology. But the, I learned less from this, which I think means that that whole aspect is kind of lost. Okay, well, but for me, the other thing is I'm also much more suspicious of this. Yes. You know, because actually, I don't trust that what the film is saying about any of these things is true. I think there's an element of that as well. I was so, thinking all the way through. I was thinking all the way through. It's saying all the kind of stuff that I would like to agree with. You know, oh, he's an evil man. It basically, it basically puts together this picture of Cheney as someone who is fundamentally responsible for the kind of culture of misinformation and Donald Trump. For, Fox News. Yeah, Fox News. Um, for the war in Iraq. 
for you know various uh, nefarious reasons, and therefore the film goes on to say the rise of ISIS. Yes. You know, it, it it kind of it puts Cheney right in the middle of all this and tries to make, uh, tries to make a an image of him as the the kind of the keystone in everything that has happened over the last twenty five years has led to where all we the are worst today. aspects of American culture. The you know the tax breaks for the rich, the yes. diminution of workers' rights, uh, lobbyists in the government, lobbyists, the falsification of news. You know the 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 use of um, the use of different words to to say things. Frank Luntz is the kind of pollster and guy who he's, he's one of the biggest pricks in the world who um, invented said, said terms like um, was one I saw him talking about in, in real life uh, to Sean Hannity. He said talking about healthcare in America and when yeah. it was the uh, uh, Affordable Care Act. He said if you use the term public option, people are in favour of it. If you use the term government option, people are against it. Yes. So Sean Hannity said, "I'm going to use government option from now on." Yes, you know, on air, like, you're not supposed to have that conversation in public. Yeah, <laughs> but well, in this one, it was the difference between an estate tax, which everybody approved of, or a death tax, which yeah. everybody was against. Exactly. Right, and so that's how they won tax deductions for the rich. Right, everybody. As soon as you turned it a death tax, you know, everybody's against it. So you know, kind of using focus groups, basically, not. To find out things to solve social problems, but actually to sell people to agree to that which is in, against their own interests. Yeah. You know, that's one of the films that one of the points that the film makes. So the film puts Cheney at the centre of all of this, and I think quite effectively. But you have to buy into it, and you have to believe everything it says. And like I say, what, what I was thinking throughout was, we might very well enjoy this, but if you show this to someone who you know on the other side. What do they make of it? They probably anything they don't like, they don't believe, or or they end up coming out of it going American hero, you yes. know, because there's stuff in this that if you have the other sort of perspective to us, then you you end up going, look at him, he fucking took down <laughs> Al Qaeda and he took down this and the other, he made this all right. Just because the film shows you things that Cheney was responsible for, doesn't automatically mean that that the audience will take it the way the film kind of wants. I know, but the film, though, is quite blunt about, you know, showing how he worked for Unilever, was it? Uh, Halliburton. Halliburton. The CEO of Halliburton. Yeah, and, you know, how uh, the whole of the Iraq war was basically a project to take over the oil fields, of which he was a great beneficiary, you know, um, through um, his work for Halliburton, how all of that kind of policy... Uh, was lots of young men losing their lives so that a few, you know, people can make tons of money. I mean, you know, it's quite an amazing statement to make in an American film with stars, mm. you know. And, I mean, you see this kind of critique in documentaries, but it's very rare to see it kind of so so upfront uh, in, you know, a drama, a, a, a studio drama with stars, you know, like an A film, really, which is what this is. Um, so I just wish it was more convincing, that I liked it more, that I was more emotionally involved in these people. You know, it kind of, it just felt like an op-ed editorial from The Guardian, the whole film. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Um, and, yeah, I think it, it doesn't get into... I, I think, let's not be too unfair in it. I think it does have very interesting, very entertaining moments or kind of or some slightly extraordinary moments i think there are times when it kind of breaks out of um that mode and ends up creating something a little bit 
more special. Well, um, it's like when I say it, it's a bit like a like a like a, like a national theater theater piece. So there are moments where the film stops and addresses you specifically, or cheats you, or says, "Oh, this is the end of the film. Here are the credits," and you're only like one third of the way through the film, mm. right? Um, and so, kind of, you know, this is not the way the story ends. It continues like this. So it has kind of those very writerly grandstanding moments, yeah. you know, which are which are in their own way kind of fun. But also very annoying. So, for example, I hated, you know, all of this voiceover narration at the beginning. So, you know, you have like this schmucky, smart guy, you know, kind of explaining the world to you, which I just, you you think, fuck off. I, you know, I have my own understanding of the world. Why should I be listening to you? Yeah. And then he kind of explains, right, who he is. And at the end of it, you find out that it was the person whose heart Dick Cheney needed for his transplant. And you just think, Ugh, like you know, it's such a kind of yeah. Like, we can't it's, think... a, it's a it's a writer without an editor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely too long. Um, I think the big short's too long as well. Um, you, you do kind of feel when, the, the thing about the narrator is, I guess the twist was kind of fun. You know, it's like it, um, it, it's not it's not just like someone in his life. It's the guy whose heart was donated. That's kind of interesting. But then you go. So what's actually being said here is like, is the film being narrated by Dick Cheney's heart? But it does give you that fantastic final shot where, because the film ends on his heart transplant with this kind of montage. I think the montage, that's one of the better things of the film, that final Mm. montage I think was quite good. Um, But it ends with this, with this huge shot of his heart sat right in front of you, close up, and it's black Black and decaying. And you go like, (laughs) that was his heart sort of thing. But, But there's nothing kind of, there's nothing really original about that. I mean, um, anyone who's kind of familiar with American politics for the last 20 years or more will have been familiar with, with jokes about Cheney having no heart or having a heart made of stone or whatever. Or, or like on The Daily Show, it was always that he was Darth Vader. Mm. You know, things like but that. This is a film that made me want to see a movie about some of the incidents that it was depicting, mm. which I think are very dramatic, right? Uh, so you think, well, why doesn't somebody make a proper movie about this? Right, so for example, the selling out of the gay daughter at the end so that the other daughter could run for senator, representative, or whatever it was. Mm. You know, I mean, that's a drama. That's kind of parents choosing one daughter over another. And the way that kind of, you know, the films tells you they, you know, they avoided a career in politics because they didn't want, you know, to hurt this particular daughter. So actually, what led to that selling out? What, you know, and how did that affect all of the people involved? I mean, there's a real drama there, yeah. really. And nada. nothing. <laughs> the, the, uh, the film uh, has a thing about trying uh, to show uh, a kind of um, affectionate side to Cheney. It's clear that he has affection, this affection between him and his wife. They yes. love each other. Yes. It's not like they do have an element of that business relationship, particularly early on where Cheney is really not up to much and he's a mm. bit of a layabout and a loser and his wife is the one going, I can't run for president, but you can. So we, yeah. you know, so like there's an element of the woman behind the man sort of thing and, yeah. and she's kind of using him. But then it's 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 very well, clear. She, no, it's not that she's using him. She made him the man he is. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, there's, yeah. Um, but it's very clear nonetheless that, that they they love each other. Yes. And it's, and it's very nice to see as well. Yes, and, that is um, nice to see. And there's the bit where... Uh, the daughter gets into the car accident and she's, it, it reveals in hospital that she's gay and it's this kind of charged moment and you get the feeling the mum is really not into this. She says, this is going to make things very difficult for, for you. And the, I think the, the subtext is, 
this is going to make things very difficult for me, mm. you know, kind of politically. Mm. Um, but Cheney has no qualms. He, he takes a second, then he basically embraces his daughter and says, mm. doesn't matter, we love you no matter mm. what. And like that feels like a real moment, right? I think that's exactly what the film is trying to convey. Yes. It, it, there's nothing sort of hidden about what he's doing there, I think. Mm. There's a moment where they're sitting around the table as a family and they're just having a lovely evening. And again, it's kind of interrupted by bombs. Like, it's the whole thing of, you know, he's doing, he's having a lovely evening, a lovely meal, but he's also killing loads of people in Iran. Mm. But, um, but these moments, what do they add up to? What do they, like, well, nothing. trying to say, oh, he's nicer than he seems. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think the film is, it's sketchy. It's a set of ideas not very well worked out. It's a pamphlet of a film, mm. you know, um, that, you know, will convince you if you have those politics, but actually, you know, as an, any kind of analysis, I think it kind of, it lacks depth. Um, and like I said, it's not as intelligent as it thinks it is. For me, what was wonderful about the film was the actors, mm. you know, and I would include Christian Bale there. Amy Adams is superb. Sam Rockwell is superb. I also uh, loved uh, the moment with... What's his name? Uh, the waiter, yeah, who's giving... Oh, uh, Alfred Molina. Yeah, Alfred Molina has a wonderful bit. Yeah, that's one of those big short bits where it goes, let's explain something in a yeah, comedy way. That's and it's Alfred right. Molina reading out a menu of all the things that Dick Cheney and his cohorts can have, such as control of the military, um, torture anyone you like, but call it something else. So, yes. And they say, we'll have the lot. Yes. Yeah, that's lovely. That's a lovely moment. Uh, and Alfred Molina makes it, mm. you know. Um, so those are the things that I really loved about the film. And I think if you love actors and acting, it's a film to see. And actually, for me, it's the only reason to see this film. It's the, yeah. it's the only grounds on which I would recommend this film. The actors make it. Yeah, I agree, to be honest. It's a shame because you'd like more. You know, Dick Cheney's an interesting guy. And, and he is powerful and influential. Yes. And the film sort of illustrates it a little bit but doesn't really express anything no um, or build that much um, out of it yeah it's it's yeah it's a combination of of saturday night live sketch with a budget <laughs> you know and a kind of editorial you know it's kind of i i i i don't yeah i you know so on the one hand you want to praise its inventiveness you want to praise it's daring. It is actually a film that is trying to do something. But on the other hand, you think, well, it's just not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it does this kind of whistle-stop tour of just the bits and chains. Like, for, like, for instance, it completely ignores Halliburton. Mm. It just puts up a bit of text saying um, when he stopped being in politics in 89, he mm. became CEO of Halliburton. Like, oh, yeah. that sounds easy. Yeah. And then came back out of it to, to be vice president. It does that in a line of text on screen. Um, I, I found, actually... The um, the depiction of him going into politics in the first place was really sub. I didn't I didn't have any idea how we really got into politics. It's just yeah. he's kind of doing a few things. Like he, there's this montage where Lynn kind of makes him improve his life a bit, and then it's just he's got this internship with Donald Rumsfeld in the White House in Nixon's White House. You go, how did that happen? Yeah, I I didn't like any of it. So for example, they have that thing where you know he's caught driving under the influence. Right at the beginning of the film, mm. you show you're told that his wife gets him a scholarship to Yale, but you know he's drinking too much and you know he's expelled. So he's drinking, he's unhappy, you know. And the film tells you he's not very bright, actually. So then you think, well, 
you know, how does a person who's not very bright, who's not very skilled, mm. you know, who's, yeah, also, why is he drinking? Anyway, but how does a person with all those lacks then become one of the most powerful people in the world? And he becomes one from the beginning, right? And so the film only tells you, oh, he doesn't speak much, he listens, mm. you know, and the people who kind of are in the background listening are the real killers. Well, that might explain you know, why someone, um, you know, gets a, a better office in a, in, a, in, a, in a business. It doesn't explain how somebody becomes, like, you know, one of the most powerful men in America, and, and in this one for a period of 40 years or something, right? There's an element... Uh, have you seen um, W, the uh, Oliver Stone film about George W. No. Bush? Actually, I think it's... I, I do like those films of Oliver Stone, has, but it, I missed that one. Yeah. It has it has a similar thing of like all of these great actors playing the real people. It's quite fun to see, but um, that also has an element of you know basically it, it showing George W. Bush in his younger years as, as the lout and so on. Mm. This is not an unfamiliar kind of narrative to people. Yes, um, and that um, Barbara, but no, Barbara's his mum in it. Um, George Bush's wife. I can't remember. Laura. Laura turns him round uh-huh. and says, you're going to just, you're going to be Christian and you're going to stop drinking and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, again, same thing to what Lynn does to Dick in this. Mm. Um, and, and again, I found that kind of a little bit suspect, probably less suspect than I did this. I think this is really kind of light on its feet and just, just jumps around to kind of <laughs> evade any kind of investigation you might actually want to have. But it's the same sort of thing of just, okay, so he's not that bright. Um, how how did there's a there's a funny thing of like they 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 seem to consider the the presidency in this like almost his birthright like mm. he's going to become president yes. you know it's just a matter of, matter of when mm. and how we manage it and there's that moment where he he sees his his name right at the bottom of the poll numbers like no one likes him mm. and that's when he screws up the paper and says it's over and and Lynn has this look on her face of sort of it can't possibly be over like it's 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 destiny mm. it's kind of weird how they sort of see it, how they, how they see it this way or how it's portrayed that they see it this way of kind of it's only one job in the country mm. and and it only, it only comes up once every four years mm. um it's kind of mad but then I guess that's kind of how some people think about it I mean there's this there's this, there's this biography of um uh Lyndon Johnson and it's all about how his whole thing was I am going to be president one day it's just a matter of how do I get there mm. and 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 the, and there's that thing of the vice president is the kind of the first shittiest job in America because it's like you're the, like you're like the first loser mm. and the whole thing is the vice president doesn't have anything to do it's what they talk about in this film as well mm. vice president does nothing you're just waiting for the president to die but then like in Lyndon Johnson's case he did turns uh, out uh, 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 <laughs> you know uh. things went well um, but you kind of like, but there's nothing even that Machiavellian in here. It's not like they're saying. Well, see, there is one moment. There is that one moment where if nine eleven has happened, and uh, Cheney says to Bush, "We should not be together because mm. for for a continuation of government or whatever." Yeah, cog continuation of government. I think or continuance of government. Mm. The idea that he's basically thinking George Bush is going to die pretty soon. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to get out of the way. To be ready for it, but that's the only time that anything that kind of evil and Machiavellian comes into play. Mm. You, you kind of get like it, he's sort of determined to be at the top, and his wife is determined to be at the top, but it's really muddled. As yeah, to you how- don't know. You don't know why. Uh, you know, so I mean, there's lots of references, like Steve Carell says, "Oh, you've you've learned how to be ruthless" or whatever, but 
you know, I, I, his rise to power is not very well explained. Um, so, and I think too much is made of his deficiencies and not enough of what must have been his strengths or whatever they were. I mean, you know, how does someone climb so high if, you know, yeah, like, if, if all you're shown is them being, you know, um, alcoholic, thick alcoholics, you know. Yeah, he's really dumb a, at the start. Yeah, a pushy wife, you know, can't be the only reason, right? Right. And there's the thing of he... Um, when he's first working in the White House as, as Rumsfeld's intern, he kind of seems nice still. He's he's, a rude, he's green, basically. Mm. Um, and the, later on, when... Uh, he fires Rumsfeld right at the end mm. um, from the from the Bush White House. Rumsfeld repeats this line he said once before in the film about where did you learn to become such a dick? Basically, mm. <laughs> you know, it's um, uh, so ruthless and that sort of thing. And that's right. The other time he says it is when he's talking about all the people that he's hired to staff the White House when they first mm. take over power in two thousand. And Rumsfeld says, what about your dad's mates? Where are they? And he says, they weren't offered jobs at this time. Yes. And he says, God, you're so ruthless. So there's this thing of how even Rumsfeld is kind of... Because you see Rumsfeld right from the start is ruthless and has no yes. friends and will tell people... To, all the, you know. So you get like, oh, he's kind of learned it from Rumsfeld. But then even Rumsfeld is not used to... Or is surprised at, at mm. just how far Cheney's gone. But again, it's sort of... It's a, just an indication of something. And there's no real expression of actually what turned him this way hmm. or made him so bad or what the realisation was that you have to act like this or whether it was like a, an activation of something in him that he realised he was good at being a dick hmm. there's nothing like that it's just it happens yes um mm. anyway <sighs> blah but <laughs> let's finish by saying that the performances are great and the, watching the characters play together I think is really good fun hmm you know, despite the fact that it's not adding up to an awful lot. Yes. Um, and it's better than Saturday Night Live. Hmm. <laughs> Which is not saying enough. Well, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, there are moments in Saturday Night Live when I watched them as a teenager in my 20s that have stayed with me my whole life. I don't think there's anything in this that will stay with me like 10 seconds. So, you know. Uh, probably. I think that, <laughs> Saturday Night Live shit, to be fair. I think Saturday Night Live Well, shit. you know, Saturday Night Live is, what, 40 years old or whatever, so you have to talk about what's Saturday Night Live, and this is not the conversation. Uh, but I think, man, your modern Saturday Night Live, I think, is still shit. Well, I don't watch it now, so I couldn't tell you. Um, or I can't engage with that, but... Uh, um, when people say, oh, look at, look at uh, Melissa McCarthy doing whatever his name was, the press secretary, or look at um, Alec Baldwin doing Trump. It's like, yeah. Is this the height of satire? <laughs> anyway. Well, they've got like a few days to do it. You know, this is a proper movie. Uh, they've had a lot more time, a lot more money. And actually, it's a, I think, you know, uh, uh, as a movie, it's very unimpressive. Yeah. I'd say if you want to see people playing presidents that's better than this. Remember the, um, remember the butler the Lee Daniels film. I like that. And it's, and it's got Alan Rickman. It's got, it's got a- Shiver. No, I like that. Film. It's got Alan Rickman playing. That's a, um, sh- that's a, that's a terrible film. No, it's not. It's um, not a great film, but it's better than this. Um, and it's got Alan Rickman playing Reagan. And that's enormously good fun. And Fonda playing Nancy. Uh, I know. Um, that was good fun, that. 
anyway, Tyler Perry as Colin Powell, you know, was a surprise. And I thought, that's the campus Colin Powell I have ever seen. I really... <laughs> In front of the UN going, we need to go to war. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I did watch The Big Short again recently and liked it more than I did the first time. I wonder if I'll like this more in a couple of years. Who knows? Maybe. I couldn't even be bothered to watch The Big Short again. Oh, no, it was just good. <laughs> it is. I remember you only liking the Michael Robbie bit initially. No, 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 no. Well, I probably did like that, but actually, I mean, actually, in retrospect, I think that's one of the worst bits of the film. Wow. Because what the film really does is, it, in those moments where it it kind of it says we're going to explain something, let's stop the narrative for a second and explain some technical jargon. Then it either uses, if it uses a woman, then it's because she's a sexy woman. Yeah, it's it's Margot Robbie or is it Selena Gomez? I remember, yeah. And then the and then if they use a man, it's not because he's a sexy man; it's because he's an expert of some sort. So they use Anthony Bourdain, and they use some economic policy guy who stands next to Selena Gomez. Mm. It's like that's pretty sexist. We're using her for her looks. We're using him for his knowledge. You know, but um, but now when I watched it recently, it was on iPlayer. Might still be. I don't know. I turn it on about 20 minutes in, which is around when the Margot Robbie scene happens. And then I thought I was just going to watch a bit of it. And I just sat through the rest. I mean, it really keeps you going and it's okay. got a lot more energy and a lot more tempo. And I think, it, I mean, it doesn't lull. This lulls. You know, that doesn't lull, Big Short. And actually, it's, it, it's a good movie. Okay. Not well, amazing, maybe, but good. Maybe, right. I mean, this might be, you know, more fun to watch. Maybe. Uh, it does have that moralising thing at the end, which we both commented on when we mm, saw it, the big short this is, mm, it, whether it was the crocodile tears for the poor, mm, you know, which it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, really care. Or, or this one, he's got such a black heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. it, 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 it tells you things you'd like to hear. And it's not challenging uh, enough. And that's probably something it does have in common with this, that neither of them challenge you in any way, mm, really. They just tell you things you'd like to hear. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap it up here. Yes. If uh, you know, the, I, I mean, I think it's still worth seeing. If you're interested in actors and acting, uh, there are some absolutely marvelous performances here. Some of which are probably going to, um, you know, win this some of these uh, seasons' prizes at least. So that's a reason to see it on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian Bell's Well, it's going to be probably between Christian Bale and Rami Malek, isn't it? The Oscar. She thinks there's got to be some better act, better performance out there because these are both both what they are is both good impressions rather than really good performances. Yeah, um, that's being a bit unfair, but you know. Um, who are the other nominees? Oh, actually, they did come out, didn't they? I haven't seen. They have come out. I, I never so, bothered looking. Um, um, I think look. I think Malik has competition. Let me just have a quick look. We'll finish off with the, with this. We'll just talk about the actors. Um, Spike Lee's up for best director for Black Klansman. I had no I idea. That's great. Um, best actor it's Christian Bale Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born Blech. Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate I haven't seen it I haven't seen it uh, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book which again I have which not we seen. Haven't seen. Um, well, seen well of the ones that we have seen I actually would go with Malek yeah so would I yeah oh, so yeah well, although I'd go for Bale for the makeup. Best makeup, best makeup for <laughs> the, the, the makeup guy or or girl or woman who who did uh, uh, bail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and best actress. Uh, who have we got for best actress? Um, Amy Adams might be there. Uh, she's not. I think she might be under supporting. She's uh, she's for supporting. Right. Supporting actor uh, actress is Amy Adams, Marina Di Tariva Roma. She's the mother in Roma. Yeah. Regina King for If Bill Street Could Talk. I haven't seen, seen that. 
and for the favourite Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Oh my god. I, I want Rachel Weisz to win just for being she's, fabulous. She is great. <laughs> um, best actress rather than supporting actress are uh, Yalitza Aparicio, Roma. Yeah, no. Glenn Close for The Wife. I haven't seen it. Yeah, no, we missed that. It's, I don't think it's going to come round again. Oh. Uh, Olivia Coleman, favourite. Yes, she deserves it. Lady Gaga, Star is Born. <laughs> Please. Melissa McCarthy, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Which I haven't seen that, haven't though. Seen. I think that's coming that out soon. soon. Um, There's a preview on Thursday of that, actually, so we will see it soon. Uh, certainly Olivia Coleman. Director, Alfonso Cuaron, Roma. Yorgos Lanthimos, the favourite. Spike Lee, Black Klansman. Adam McKay, Vice, don't think so. And Pavel Pavlikovsky, Cold War. I love Cold War, actually. Um, so, say those again. Quaron, Lanthimos, Lee. It's between Lanthimos and Pav, Pav, Pavlikovsky. Pavlikovsky yeah, I'd say that you're probably, you're probably right there. Best Picture. We may as well just go through now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Best Picture. Uh, Black Panther. Black Klansman. Black Bo- Panther's wonderful. Bohemian Rhapsody. The Favourite. Green Book. Roma. A Star is Born. And Vice. Well, listen, and that's, to me, you know, the, uh, the most deserving films would be Black Panther or The Favourite. Those would be my top choices of that list. Of those, the only one of those we haven't seen is um, Green Book. Yeah. And that's the one that people are really criticising for being, like, the white man's version of a black film. Yeah, you know? or um, Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, that's sort of, sort of <laughs> it. Um, um, but of, of the ones that we've seen, which is most of them, it would be Black Klansman or The Favourite for me. Ah uh, no, I love Black Panther. Black Panther is fantastic. Yeah, but for me, Black Panther Bla- is best. <laughs> well, you know, if you're choosing just best film for you know for being be- best, I, best I w- of that list, I would choose either The Favorite or Black Panther, and not Black Cloud, Black Clansman. Fair enough. Best supporting actor, um, Green Book, Mahershala Ali. Haven't seen it. Yeah. Adam Driver, Black Clansman. Sam Elliott, Star Is Born. Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell in Vice. I would choose Adam Driver. So would I. Um, screenplay, original screenplay, The Favourite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma and Vice. Um, the the Favourite. Yeah. Adapted screenplay, A Star Is Born, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk and could uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? We haven't seen If Beale Street Could Talk and that's a big one. Yeah. What is um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Can you remind me? Can You Ever Forgive Me? It's this Melissa McCarthy thing oh, and I, I don't know very it, much about it. That. Yeah, okay. Um, Makeup and hairstyling, Vice is in there. Well, it's Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. Costume is Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, the favourite, Mary Poppins, and Mary Queen of Scots. Black Panther. You love it. You love a cat suit. I love a cat suit. <laughs> <laughs> Cinematography is the favourite, Never Look Away, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Cold War. Cold War. You love it. Original song, who cares? Original score. Black Panther and some other stuff. Isle of Dogs. Oh, Isle of Isle of Dogs is great. I'm not going to read the others because I no. want Isle of Dogs to win. All right, let's end it here. And there's the rest. So there you go. We'll come back to uh, Oscar picks. We might kind of do. Well, uh, you know, we'll have, I'll have to come over when the Oscars is on, like we yes. did last year, and we didn't record do it. it. <laughs> All righty. Oh. Uh, you thank go. you very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are. Uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter. And we're at eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>